Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Bronco breakup. Russ. Sent to the bench. Is he done in Denver? Hear what he has to say about it. Plus, Kansas City in crisis. And Travis Kelsey is fired up. Did you hear what he had to say yesterday? We're going to play it for you. We're all over that. And a Saturday night showdown. Should Dak and Dallas be on upset alert as the Lions roar into Texas? It is get up on a Thursday morning. And we got a full house here. I'm Dan Graziano in for Greeny. We got D. Wood. We got Bart. We got Kimberly. We got Harry Douglas. And, and he's Harry got hat. a new hat. Adam <laughs> Schefter is going to join. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that boy bad, baby. Y'all know what today is. He's got a that boy Earth. bad hat. Adam Schefter is here to talk about the big NFL news of the day. And that is, of course, exactly where we start. The Denver Broncos are benching nine-time Pro Bowl quarterback Russell Wilson in a move that could end his stay in Denver. Garrett Stidham will get the start against the Chargers on Sunday. Denver has lost three of its last four games, while the 35-year-old Wilson has thrown for over 3,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, just eight interceptions this season. Here is Broncos head coach Sean Payton on the reason why. I understand all the, the speculation and everything that surrounds a move like that. Um, and I could tell you, look, we're, we're desperately trying to win. And um, sure, in our, in our game today, there are economics and all those other things, but the number one push behind this, and, and it's a decision I'm making, is to you know, get a spark offensively. Late Wednesday night, Russell Wilson posted this on X, formerly Twitter. God's got me looking forward to what's next. So what's next for us is uh, to hear from Adam Schefter. And, Adam, we heard what Peyton had to say about it. We see Russell's reaction there. So what more can you tell us about why this move happened and why it happened now? Denver's saying, Dan, that it is a football decision. But if it's a football decision, you have to wonder about that because certainly economics absolutely play into this. Sean Payton acknowledged that. And let's keep in mind that Russell Wilson has a $37 million injury guarantee due on the fifth day of the new league year in March. That means if he were to get hurt in the final two weeks of the season, Denver would be on the hook for an additional $37 million in guaranteed money on top of the $39 million that they already owe him in guaranteed money. So there is a lot of money going to Russell Wilson either way, but the Broncos here are limiting their exposure to him. And we've seen this play out in Las Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo this season, with Derek Carr last season, in Indianapolis with Matt Ryan. Other teams have done something similar. The Broncos are now using a play that they've seen before run in other cities. And as one person said to me yesterday, it's much better to be hired, as Jared Stidham was with Sean Payton, as opposed to being inherited 
as Russell right. Wilson was with Sean Payton. Sean Payton didn't trade for Russell Wilson. He inherited him from the previous regime. The Broncos committed a lot of picks to Seattle, a lot of resources and money to Russell Wilson. And I think when Sean Payton had the chance to work with Russell Wilson this year, and Russell played well, he decided he wasn't worth what they would have to pay him in future years, which now leads to the end of his time in Denver after this season. And just so we're clear, Adam, just so the audience is aware, like he's talking about benching him for the last two games, but Russell is done in Denver, right? What, what, what happens? What's the move that they make with Russell here over the next couple months? Well, Dan, here's the situation. Essentially, there are always things that could change, but as it stands this morning, it is tracking for Russell's time in Denver to be done. He's got a no-trade clause in his contract, so he's not going to agree to any trade to essentially help out the Broncos, so he would have to be released before the fifth day of the league year at some point, any point this offseason. All right, Adam, stay right there. We want to bring this back out to the desk uh, and, and get everybody's thoughts on this. Kmart, when you heard this news, what was your thought? That everyone who thought this was going to be a marriage where Sean Payton has to save Russell Wilson and they will try to win a Super Bowl together, that was misguided. It is clear, based on how this situation has unfolded, that, Russ, that Sean Payton came to this organization understanding that he had scapegoats everywhere. If this season doesn't go well, well, then I blame the quarterback. Or you blame the GM who traded for him, gave up all those picks, gave up all that money. I think Sean Payton doesn't jump out of retirement unless he has some sort of understanding with ownership that he gets to, he's going to win Super Bowls whether it's with Russ or not. Like, that's his directive turn the Broncos into a winning franchise again, and he can do it however he chooses. And the fact that money, the picks, all that is, is not an issue right now for them, th that tells you Sean Payton's running this. This was never about them having to be married at the hip. Yeah, so when you hear D. Wood, when you, talk, you hear Payton talking about it, and obviously he, he references that there are other factors, but he insists that it's a football decision. What were your... <laughs> Well, That's a Kmart eye roll. Wow. So are you buying it is my question. See, when he came out of his mouth and he said that we need a spark, and he used the name Jared Stidham. Oh, that's when I was like, Jared do you. That's when I had to say, come on, come on, man. Like, like, we can't even have a serious discussion. And you talking about we need a spark with, with Jared Stidham as the quarterback. This is clear. Like, listen, Sean Payton got full autonomy of this whole thing, just yeah. like Kimberly laid out. Russell Wilson was never his guy from jump. All the discussion that we had coming in was, you know, how would, would Russell Wilson, you know, fit this into the, the fit in, it, would fit in, would fit into the way that Sean Payton is used to how guys, you know, how he's been accustomed to guys quarterback playing quarterback, the quarterback position. He never wanted that guy as his quarterback. Never. Look at the so screen. we were like Look literally wasting that. Oh, this right here. Look. Listen. This I, me. Yeah, here for me, like, my thing is this. Uh -uh. I, I, I kind of, no, not kind of, I wish Russell Wilson had went back at him because Russell Wilson has cashed in this league to be undressed like this on national television is degrading. It's, it's ridiculous. And so I wish Russell Wilson had went back at him. But to say that this was purely a, this was a football move to spark our team, spark our team, Come on, Sean Payton, cut the crap there, man. Come on. Nobody's believing I think that. for me, it's, it's more so on the business side, right? And I think that's a side that fans need to tap in a little bit more, too, because there's a lot of feelings involved in it. 
and seeing Russell Wilson being benched or whatnot. But when you think about that $37 million that they would have to pay if he got hurt, there's a business side to all of this stuff that goes on uh, when it comes to upper management. But it also, like Kmart said, like you said, Woody, when Sean Payton was in that meeting, and I wish we was in there, and Kmart, you did a great job of saying this morning, <laughs> we all wish we was in there to, to see what Sean Payton said to ownership, but I think it's kind of coming out what he actually told ownership. Yeah. Hey, we're going to try this thing for one year. Russ is not my guy, but we're going to try it, and if it doesn't work, I'm moving on. And ownership had to back that in order for Sean Payton to have this job right now currently. So he does have a lot of power right now when you look at the Denver Broncos and you look at their front office as well. And there's no, that's no small thing. I mean, like with what they traded to get him, what they paid to sign him, okay. all the dead money coming the next two years, I mean, that's a big move for ownership to make. What's it's, it probably, it's probably the worst trade in NFL history up to date, and you think about the compensation. But the reality of it is, you know, what I really don't like about it is how players, because this happened to RG3 as well, and it's, and it's happened over and over again. What I don't like is the fact that coaches' contracts are guaranteed. They got no yeah. skin in the game. They're not, they're not paying any physical <laughs> consequences. You look at what's going on with the Raiders right now, and they're paying guys $92 million not to coach. But then when players come in and the team commits to them, then they can find a way to dump their cash and dump their money. We all know what this was about, right? And this, is, this could be Sean Payton trying to get more um, control and take over the entire thing and be the general manager because at the end of the day, the general manager has to be held accountable for all the compensation that he gave up. Now, we heard Antonio Pierce talk about, you know, his resume and he can come here with this nice, beautiful PowerPoint and talk about what he would do with the team and how he would do with the team. We know Sean Payton probably came with one. And it had to include Russell Wilson because management mm-hmm. would have never hired him if he didn't say that he can come here and fix Russell Wilson. So now you're giving up on that in one year. And you, we know how it is. When coaches come in, they have a five-year plan. And so sometimes you have to break it down to the bare bones to build it back up. And this is part uh, one of that transformation where they're going to come and try and dump a lot of salary. They can eat it, right? They're going to say, we, 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 yep. we're not going to be able to win for maybe two to three years. We see Kansas City is starting to come back to reality because they're underneath the pressure of uh, Mahomes' contract. So they're saying, let's dump all this salary and let's get rid of him. And it's going to be painful for a couple of years. And then we'll build it back up. But this is the thing. And what Sean Payton's going to find, and this organization knows all too well, since John Elway left, it is hard mm-hmm. to draft and yes. build through the draft with a quarterback, and they're going to find out how tough that is, and then Sean Payton's going to run out of people to blame because if it wasn't Russell Wilson, it would have been Vance Joseph they was trying to throw under the yep. bus because the defense is what stunk at the beginning of this year, not the offense. Adam, jump back in here. Well, here's what I would say, Dan. This is a team now that will probably miss the playoffs now for an eighth straight year, which is unacceptable in the Rocky Mountain area. People love that team, love that franchise, and are used to success. Eight straight seasons, not going to the playoffs. Okay, so now they're going to be moving on from Russell Wilson. They have Jared Stidham on a two-year contract worth $10 million. It's a very friendly deal. And they like Jared Stidham. And they think, and we'll see if they're right, they think that Jared Stidham can play well for them, despite what D. Wood says, and he can win. So we'll see if that's accurate. But if he can't, then maybe you go sign another free agent quarterback and you pay him $10 million. You give him a Baker Mayfield type deal or you begin to draft another guy. But the fact of the matter is you can move on from Russell Wilson. You could bench him today. But tell me who the quarterback is going to be tomorrow to help end this playoff drought mm-hmm. of eight years in Denver when there's no solution in sight. Now it'll be up to Sean Payton 
to figure that out. But let's go back to what he did in New Orleans. He identified a guy at a time when nobody thought he was going to be very good, when nobody thought he could bounce back, when everybody thought that Drew Brees was an average quarterback at that point in time. He, mm. he hadn't shined in San Diego, and he brought him in, and he made him excel. And I think there's a feeling that that's what Sean Payton can do. We'll see if he can with a quarterback that he identifies. Well, right now, they're going to give Jarrett Stidham the first try. Let's see if there's a free agent quarterback out there. Let's see if there's a quarterback they can draft out there. But it's okay to move on from Russell Wilson now. The fact of the matter is, who's got next? Right. And that is critical to the success of Sean Payton in the long term. I really think it's amazing when you think about it. Like, they're 7-8. and eight. That's still in the mix in the playoff hunt in the AFC. Two weeks ago, they're exactly. sitting there a game behind the Chiefs in the division. So, Sean Payton obviously made the decision that you cannot – he's not going to be able to win a Super Bowl, to compete for a Super Bowl title with this quarterback. When you look at Russell Wilson, where he stands right now, do you think there is a team out there that can compete for a Super Bowl with him as their quarterback? No, Russell Wilson, I think his pride is too big to, to, to sit up and go to the Joe Flacco route. I expect Russell Wilson pretty much to be on Dance with the Stars next year and star <laughs> Russ Inc. And I'm, I'm being serious. Like, do, you, do, we see, do we see a guy like Russell Wilson with his ego, the guy that drives around with a tuxedo in the, in, in, in the back of his trunk to grind it out and start over from scratch and compete? You know, without Look, a guarantee of a starting quarterback. He's got $39 million coming exactly. his way next year no matter what. 39 million reasons why. Yeah, he Gucci. He, he Gucci. tweets, God's got me. So does his agent. Uh, that was a, a pretty nice move. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I got him that. last year. We've got so much more on this as the show goes along. Thanks, Adam, for joining us on Get Up this morning. Fantastic stuff. When we come back, Kansas City is in crisis and Travis Kelsey is bleeping fired up. Did you hear what he had to say yesterday? We're going to play most of it for you. Plus, the D in Dallas stands for drama. They couldn't possibly lose three in a row, or could they? We'll tell you why one of our analysts says they're on upset alert. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. 
Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are back on Get Up, and Travis Kelsey is fired up about the Chiefs' struggling offense. On the New Heights podcast he does with his brother Jason, Travis did not hold back when Jason asked him about his helmet-smashing meltdown on Christmas Day and his coach's response to it. Listen to this. He wanted to see the fire in me, and I, I reacted in a bad way. He wanted to just get the best out of me. Um, and right now, I'm just not playing my best football, and I got to lock the in and be more accountable for him, be more accountable for my teammates. I got to keep my cool, man. It's not just one guy. I, I'm. It's not just me playing like dog shit not just uh, us not being able to get the run game going. It's not just us not being on the same page passing-wise. Everybody's in this thing together. Everybody at some point isn't being accountable. Everybody's just got to do their job. That's a lot of bleeps, mm. right? Yeah. Tell us much. how you really feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's right. All right. Literally, well, their issues are everywhere. Everywhere is to blame, from, the, from coaches to players and it's, it's been the same issues. It's, we've been talking about drops for 16 weeks. We've been talking about this offense just doesn't seem – it seems disjointed. It seems like the – and the thing is, with this roster, it's not that much different. Juju's not here and the tackles, and that's a big thing. I understand that. But the Chiefs aren't the only team that has either lost guys due to injury or just, you know, has, has – guys have moved on and they have makeshift offensive lines or offensive lines that, that are playing – below their expectation like other teams make adjustments and this has been 17 weeks now waiting for the Chiefs to make an adjustment what's up Bishop talk to me what's going on no I was going to say your second residence Cleveland I know listen and Andrew Berry all the credit in the world because they did not when things looked bleak Offensive line, they have had so many offensive line injuries forget about losing Nick Chubb and all that but other teams to your point figure out a way, and here we are looking at Kansas City wondering when they're going to figure it out. Let me ask y'all this. When have y'all ever questioned what the Kansas City Chiefs offensively, what their identity was? Do you know what their identity is right now? They need to run the ball. I'm saying, but, like, we, we don't know what their identity is, right? And, and that's crazy to say. And as far as Travis Kelsey, he was the same guy about two weeks ago that blamed the media for things. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. You're right. So when it comes to Travis Kelsey – to get things started, number one, is you're one of the leaders on the team. It starts with you. Like, you can't have seven drops in which he has right now on this season. Mm. You can't be throwing your helmet on the sideline. You have to lead by an example with your play and with your actions. So I would like for him to say in that clip, I understand that everything collectively has to come together, but I want to hear him say, you know what, it starts with me as well. I got to be better. If I play better, the rest of everyone else will follow suit because he hasn't been the same Travis Kelsey we've seen in the past, it, what we're witnessing right now, he has one touchdown in the last eight games. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And if it, I was to ask anybody of that, them. exactly. Yeah. So he has to be better along with the offensive tackles, along with their turnover issues, along with the drops that they have on the seat. See, it's not just one thing. Right. It's a magnitude of things. And I don't know if it can get fixed That's what before I'm playoff time. Right? Like if there were three months left, that'd be one thing. But it's week 17. Can they, I mean, we heard Mahomes the other day talk about we just got to clean it up. Like, can they actually get it together? <laughs> like that. Let me, let, me, let me tell you something. You can't flip a switch when you're getting, getting hit with haymakers. Ooh. You can't flip a switch when you're getting hit with haymakers. You know what the Raiders did? They came in and gave them haymakers. <laughs> okay? We can talk about the drops, this and that. But when you get beat up physically, mm-hmm. yeah. there's no coming back from that. And that's what, we're, that's what I saw. I'm watching, sitting back watching the game. I'm like, Oh my God! Like these dudes are getting punked. Like the, the the Las Vegas Raiders came in in their house, put their feet up, got some got some drink Max out of got, got some the stuff fridge, out of the yes. man, all, all of that. Okay. You like he, they did all of that, Dan. Like when you when that type of stuff starts happening, yeah, there is no coming back from that. Okay. None. In fairness, though, I agree, Bishop. I agree. But can the first lady ask one question? Sure, go ahead. Is their quarterback not number fifteen? Do we not get we, – we're now saying that, that Patrick – He's not Mahomes, playing his best. He's not playing his best ball either. I know it's not his best. I know. But <laughs> part of it is the fact that he is pressing. He is literally – him and Kelsey are exhausted and frustrated because they're literally – Patrick's literally trying to scream, shout on the sideline, telling his offensive line, do your job, be better, be dogs and all that, and nothing's happening. But, again, can you really count out the Chiefs? Yes. 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 This, this, yes. All right. I'm going. I'm going off of what, you see. what I see. I got what, you. What, I, what you show. What you show me on tape is your resume. That's all I. That's all I can go. Off. I'm not going off of last year or anything because, like, like Coach Belichick used to tell us, each year each team is different. Yeah. I'm going off of what I see right here, right now. But they're it's, still going to be in the playoffs. They're still division champ. Right. And they, they 15 can't. is still their quarterback. It's listen. It's a harsh reality, right? And you know, dynasties fall. They always do. And windows open and windows close. And we're witnessing the end of a dynasty, of, of an era, right? Because the reality is they missed on Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. When you start to play guys to top end money and reward them for the success of the team, when you pay the tight end the highest paid tight end, when you make the D, in, the D tackle the highest paid D end, when you make the quarterback the highest paid quarterback, then that, that credit card receipt is due. And it costs you Frank Clark. It costs you Tyreek Hill. And the, the, the issue is you have to replace these players. We're wa- watching the same thing happen in Golden State, right? The end of an era when, you, when people get old. I don't know how old you were, Woody, or what season it was, you, Harry, when you realized that you weren't the same person that you was just eight months ago. I used to have this arm over move. They, they were, you witnessed it firsthand. Couldn't nobody stop it. Then one day, a young dude, Bilal Powell, caught me underneath my armpit. I'm like, yo, this work on everybody. I'm like, yo, I ain't the same dude. Like, he caught me in my armpit. I always win, son. But now what we're seeing is Kelsey can't create that separation. He can't be special. And what happens is that receipt costs you Orlando Brown Jr. And what happens is now you got to become a force multiplier. That's why last year's Super Bowl was so important because it was the last run. So now you're trying to, you know, beat him with, um, with um, trickery. Right, because now yeah. you can't go up and just yeah. beat teams because you don't have the best players. When you go there and you look at the players and you say, "Man, we're better here. We're better here. We're better here." So that means Mahomes has to be special, and that's the issue. We're watch- watching them age just like the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, it's, this window's been open for six years. 
And it's because Patrick Mahomes was so cheap for so long. We're going to witness the same thing in Philadelphia. Once they buried under the pressure with Jalen Hurts and they lose those guys that have been there, that's the last run there with them with Kelsey Graham and, and Cox as well. So this is where we are, and this is a harsh reality when, like, you watch and you can't beat teams the way you used to off of talent. The, way, the way around it is got to draft and get contributions right. and from those missed. guys right away. Well, well right? that happened on the defensive side it did, right. last and year. Young but players, they missed but on the offensive, offensive side. Offensively, and who it, knew, it didn't happen. And who knew that Juju Smith-Schuster was the linchpin? Yeah. Yeah, well, they just haven't got. But they, they couldn't afford to keep him. Exactly. He wasn't even yep. that expensive. They just haven't got what they need out of those second-round picks from the yeah. last couple of years. Uh, and, it, and it is showing up. Obviously, we're going to keep talking about the Chiefs uh, for a while. But when we come back, more on the divorce in Denver. We'll tell you what's next My for goodness. Russell Wilson. My Which team should be calling the Broncos to make a deal? And we're going to have our GM, Mike Tannenbaum, here to talk about all this. When we come back, you're watching Get Up on ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We are back on Get Up with the stunning news out of the NFL yesterday. Broncos benching quarterback Russell Wilson in a move that likely ends his time with the team. Denver's lost three of his last four games. And yesterday, when he was explaining this decision, Sean Payton, their head coach, was asked if Wilson was uh, being scapegoated for the struggling offense. Here's what Payton had to say about that. I can't replace the entire offensive line. I can't bring in five new receivers and... And, it, and if it continues over a period of time, then there'll be another guy here talking to you as well. I can just assure you one thing. I'm just interested in winning. Just to remind you what the Broncos gave oh, up to acquire Russell oh, Wilson. Oh, oh. It barely fits on the screen. They had to use the extra small print here to see all this. Uh, the 10 combined players and picks were the most in any trade since the infamous Herschel Walker deal in 1989 between the Cowboys and the Vikings. And then remember, they signed him to a contract extension uh, on top of that. 
Uh, here to talk more about this is former NFL GM and current Millennium Falcon Mike Tannenbaum. Lounging. Mike T, what are you doing? Where, where, where are, are you? you? And, what, and what's, uh, what was your reaction to this move? I'm channeling my inner Paul Feinbaum. I'm at the ah, Jet perfect. Blue Lounge here in Fort Lauderdale, heading back up. But, but Dan, this will go down arguably as the worst trade in the history of the NFL because in addition to the graphic you showed next year, the Denver Broncos, presumably when they release, Russell Wilson will have $85 million on their cap and no player. So when you think about two ones, two twos, Drew Locke, Noah Fan, and $85 million in dead money, that will go down in its totality as the worst trade in the history of our league. And, and look, the Broncos obviously have a lot to figure out still in terms of you know how they're going to get a quarterback given those financial constraints that result uh, from all that dead money. They have a lot to figure out. But I'm curious, uh, Mike T, about the other side of this and Russell Wilson, sort of what happens next for him. Do you think – he ends up somewhere else? Or are there going to be teams that are interested in bringing him on at this point in his career? You know, Dan, I think you look at a situation like Baker Mayfield, who was a veteran that had to move on, obviously went to the Rams and has now done really well in Tampa. So I look at teams like the Atlanta Falcons, the New Orleans Saints, where he could go in next year and compete in a meaningful way to be a starter. Because in fairness, he has not played poorly. This is obviously a, a financial decision. They didn't want to have guaranteed money into 2025 with Russell Wilson. So I think he'll have a chance to compete. The other team, if I was the New York Giants, I would have him and Daniel Jones compete and let the best player play. But he will have a chance in a Baker Mayfield sort of way next year to be on a team and possibly start. We can't handle a Russ residency oh. in New York. We can't. Oh, no. that's, that's too much for us. Russ and Rodgers in the yeah. same Rodgers, we, we, ooh, thought child. The, we thought the Tim Tebow. That like, was bad. That was, was rough. Something. That was this rough. This would be just like that. But I, would ask, I want to ask Mike this, though, Mike. Um, at what point uh, is Sean Payton going to make the play to try and run and take more power from George Payton, who put, who put the team in this mess? Because at some point, doesn't he have to be held accountable? I think that happened the day you walk in the door, and I think mm -hmm. the conversation, and we talked about this all summer, was like, as soon as Russell Wilson hit a bump in the road, Sean Payton was going to see this as an opportunity. And if you look at Green Jackson, Brandon Greg Gregory, this is Sean's team. He didn't trade for Russell Wilson. He didn't pay him. And this is his single to the organization that I'm in charge, buck stops with me. And basically, he was playing with house money. If it worked with Russell Wilson, mm -hmm. I'm a genius. If it didn't, it's not my fault. And he's clearing the decks. And to me, Bart, he is clearly in charge. No doubt. But, I mean, look, the, the big decision he has made is I'm in charge and Russell Wilson is not the guy. But I am curious what everybody else thinks. Uh, Kimberly, I mean, do you, think, do you think there's going to be a market for Russell Wilson this offseason? There will be a market because there are always so many QB needy teams, right, when the offseason hits. But when I thought about, you know, they're going to be the obvious commanders, um, you know, Steelers, Falcons, Patriots, like all these teams that kind of have guys but don't, don't have a clear direction. I got to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't see Russ as a fit anywhere unless Russ is going to say, yeah, I, I'll go in and compete with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'll go in and compete with Kenny Pickett. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see that. So, so where you mentioned Joe Flacco, Baker, like all these guys said, okay, I'll go in, I'll compete. I think that, you know, I'm, I'm going to sign as a guy. I'll be the backup. I just don't know. If Russ is fine with that, then obviously there's going to be a home for him I, somewhere. I think the biggest thing is we're going to see how much he really loves football. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to really Great see point. how much he loves football because when you are – 
as established as a guy like Russell Wilson has been in this league for quite some time. Yeah, high profile. You're not right, high profile type That's guy. So, yeah. Now you now you're in a situation <laughs> where nothing's going to be handed to you. Yeah. You're going to have to. You're probably going to be in a situation where you might have to compete with another veteran or maybe a rookie for a starting job next year. Knowing that, I got 39 million coming my way regardless. Guaranteed. Like, like, like what, what do you know? And his mind is like, okay, I can chill mm-hmm. and collect this 39, right. or I really love football, and I'm gonna go out here and compete. Maybe with somebody else for a job. Why not just sit on the couch until? But, why not just sit on the a, couch until somebody has an injury and then you go boom? Because I think he that's wants a, to represent himself the right way. Because if he doesn't know the offense, this is a guy that was, you know, protected by Pete Curl. Who knew how much he was protected by Pete Curl and being afraid to to go out there and play bad football? You know, what I mean, could only hurt the brand even more. The, the interesting thing you talk about love of the game. I was looking at the contract last night. It has offset language. So, like, what that means is the $39 million, anything he signs for next year with another team, the Broncos get that back. He can't make any money unless somebody gives him 40 right? right? So, like, well, if I say, he I play, say right. pay me a dollar. We want it. We want it. <laughs> well, for me, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I like the two young running backs that they have, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. I like the wide receivers that they have, even though they've, they've been a few bump in the roads. But George Pickens is an unbelievable young cat. That can be better and I think will be better over time. I also like the simple fact that you've got a tight end, a security blanket, and you have that defense on the opposite side that, that can really back Russ up if things don't look the way they want it to look early on. Yeah. That is a great suggestion in theory. Here's the thing. The Steelers were in this position a couple years ago before they drafted Pickett. Like, they could have gone out and talking to people in that organization, they're like, we don't go out and get high price. Agent. We just right. don't. It won't be, but it won't be high price, though. He can pay no. for the minimum. Well, it, again, is is Russ going? To, well, he can pay for the minimum because he's getting he's his getting money. Thirty nine million regardless. regardless. Yeah. So he's gonna get thirty nine million dollars. Okay. So he's gonna be okay. one of the highest paid quarterbacks it, next year, regardless. I've also watched Pittsburgh a lot this year. And um, from the quarterback position, yeah, I'm not pleased at all. You're not like you're, you're not, not pleased. Not at all. You're I'm not pleased. Harry is not pleased. Rudolph is the answer. I'm not pleased at all. Mike T, <laughs> I, I go back to the summer and the early part of this season, and, and and you were talking a lot about that. You know how this might not work in Denver. Russell, maybe not the kind of quarterback that Peyton uh, really wanted. So, like, is there a place where like he fits better, or do you think those flaws show up wherever he goes? Yeah, Dan, it's a great point. I always felt like with Sean, you know, he's very much about structure, progression, and Russ is at his best out of structure, getting the ball down the field, making plays outside the pocket. So to me, I I agree with a lot of what these guys have said. And look, we just don't know who some of these coordinators are going to be, but those are the teams, in my opinion, that will be looking for quarterbacks, certainly Pittsburgh and New England, but I would put Atlanta and New Orleans up there because they're sort of in a win-now mode. Um, so I would say of all those teams, probably New Orleans. But again, we don't know what's going to happen with co- the coordinator situation. But I think, you know, D. Wood also made a great point. Like, how much does he love football? Because he's going to be with his third team now. A little bit of a journeyman. Look, Baker Mayfield swallowed a lot of humble pie, came out the other end. Is Russell Wilson prepared to do that? That's, to me, going to be the interesting part of next offseason. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned New Orleans. They got a, they got Derek Carr there for $30 million next year because this exact same thing happened to him last year uh, in Vegas to the point where it was also Stidham, yeah. oddly enough, yeah. that they put in uh, for him. Yeah. Mike T., thanks for joining us. Much more on this as we go along. But Bowl Mania rolls on today on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Four games. 
starts at 11 Eastern with the Wasabi Fenway Bowl between number 24 SMU and Boston oh, College. Wasabi. Look at that pinstripe bowl. Harry Douglas is going to be there uh, for the Rutgers-Miami game there. And it ends with the game of the day, the Valero Alamo Bowl between 14th-ranked Arizona and 12th-ranked Oklahoma. When we come back on Get Up after getting run over by the Bills and the Dolphins, the Cowboys are back home and on upset alert. Why one of our analysts says the Lions will roar on Saturday night. Plus, it's the sensation that's sweeping the nation. That boy bad. Harry is here with a taste of what's to come. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Man, that boy bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Man, that boy bad. That boy bad. Oh, oh, oh damn, Greeny. That boy bad. It's Thursday, and that means it's time for That Boy Bad, which is a segment that really needs no introduction, but we still give it a great one. Yes, Ross, listen, That Boy Bad is on my hat. Shout out to Hatrimony, gave me my brim, my brother-in-law. So we're going to lean with the hat today on That Boy Bad. Number one on the list today, we got Amari Smooth, Route Runner Cooper. Look at the toe drag on the sideline. Oh, make your body lean. Your body got to go limp at some point. Look oh. at Mari Cooper at the top of the route. Boom, boom. Come here, young buck. Showing the young buck how to do it. Oh, but this one, oh. we used to call this blazer. Oh, is it going to be a oh, oh. No, it's going to be a touchdown. Why? Because of Mari Cooper, y'all. Dead boy. Oh. Bam. I wasn't what ready. I wasn't ready. Number two on the list, on. we got a rookie. Puka Nakua. That's who we got. Touchdown Nakua, man. Fourth right now mm -hmm. in the National Football League in receiving yards. But check out this catch right here, man. This is a rook right here. We say, hey, rook, go make it happen. We say, I got you, old buck. Yeah. No problem. We going to make it happen, baby. But check out this. This is what I really love. Yeah. Shohei Otani. Mm. That boy got his own money. Yeah. When I say that boy got his own money, boy that boy got, got his own money. Puka Nakua. That boy. Bang. Last but not least, listen, we got on George Pickens, didn't we? Mm. We, we did. We did. But, hey, George Pickens say, I got to show up. I'm going to run a simple slant. And I'm going to take it to the house. I don't care if you whip my head warmer off. I'm taking it to the end zone. Go, 
George, go. That's one touchdown. But check this out. Check out this catch. Down the sideline. Oh, mm. my body control. Everything from George Pickens. That's what Mike Tomlin needs. That's what Mike Tomlin want to see every day. And that last one down the sideline, let him know. He said, y'all going to keep talking. I ain't listening to y'all. Mm. George Pickens, dead boy, boy. bang. Oh, my knee. All I'm saying is it's a good thing he didn't need any of his teammates to block for him on those oh. plays because we don't know. We don't know. Maybe they would have. Maybe they don't want to get hurt. Boss. I don't know. I know his wide receiver coach, Frisman Jackson. Yeah. He don't coach that nonsense that George no. Pickens was doing. Now, they look like they did, somebody did some coaching out there last week. That's, that's right. That's for yeah. sure. That, no doubt about it. Hey, we're looking ahead now to a Saturday night showdown that gets week 17 started. It is Dak Prescott. And the Cowboys looking to rebound against the Lions in a pivotal NFC matchup. Dallas currently sitting one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East, but they face the newly crowned NFC North champion in what could be a playoff preview. It's a matchup that our former Cowboy Marcus Spears doesn't like for Dallas. Listen to this. This is a terrible matchup for Dallas when it comes to their defense. This is a this is probably this is bad now based on what they ha have had the inability to do in defending the run and having to play Detroit. If that play action comes alive because they are running with success, this team can blow the doors off of you. Now, sometimes like a fan like tries to do the reverse psychology thing, mm -hmm. right? Like like and <laughs> that's what you think Marcus I don't is think, doing? I don't think Marcus is above that is all I'm saying, mm -hmm. right? But but you think maybe he's right. Are they on upset alert? Hell yeah, they're on upset alert. 7-0 at home. Yeah, I, I get it. They, you know, they're Jekyll and Hyde when it's on the road <laughs> and versus at home. But I'm going to tell you one thing. The, the Detroit Lions, third in the league in rushing, their identity is based on in the trenches right up front. What's the one thing we talk about with, with the Dallas Cowboys? They can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. Yeah. We can't take you sit. We always talking Bart knows this. When you get to this point of the year, defense travels. If yep. you want to be taken seriously, defense has to travel. And the one thing we see, we've seen now for the Dallas Cowboys defensively, they've been getting bludgeoned up front. And Dan Campbell and those boys in the 3-1-3, they're going to bring David Montgomery, mm -hmm. Jameer Gibbs, mm -hmm. down to Jerry's wheel yeah, and give them a taste <laughs> of what's been going on with, with Detroit all year long because they're built the right way. They're built for the playoffs. Mm. That's the way the Detroit Lions are right now. And I think when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, three of their four losses, right? Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers, Buffalo Bills, they really beat the Dallas defense up rushing the football and being, that, mm -hmm. and being physical. So when I look at this team and you look at what the Buffalo Bills did recently to them and you got a, a small guy at the linebacker position, you don't think Dan Campbell, who's an offensive guy, a former tight end, you don't think he's going to take advantage of that if Dallas haven't adjusted if Dan Quinn haven't adjusted in, in those regards, they're going to try to do some of the same things that three of their four losses that happened to them this weekend. And I'll tell you this, I do believe Dak Prescott has an edge against the secondary of the Detroit Lions, but if you're not controlling the clock and you have the football, that means your possessions are limited. Mm. So that means they're going to become that much more valuable when you do have the football. What do you think? Dallas on upset alert? Oh, no, they need to be. But I've also, co I've also covered the Lions against the Ravens, where they got beat down, and, mm -hmm. and uh, in New Orleans against the Saints, where they allowed the Saints to come, come close to actually pulling off you that upset. You went in New Orleans by yourself. Anyway. Look at you. Um, Harry. Everything good over there? Or? <laughs> mm, had a good time. All right. Um, but, but even after that game with Montgomery talking to him post-game, he was ticked off because he's like, we should not have even allowed that to be close. We didn't play our best game. So both teams have issues with consistency. I think this game clearly is, is – I don't want to say clearly. I think there's 
We're going to learn more about the Cowboys because I think this is a team that we have higher expectations for only because the Lions are just turning around. This is the beginning of their turnaround under Campbell. This is a team that finally makes it to the postseason in 30, winning the division in the first 30 years. Is this is a bigger game for the Cowboys or the Lions. Uh, for me, the Lions already locked everything up. You know, right now they're just playing with house money, maybe you know, working with the seeding to get a better matchup. Listen, Dallas should be happy where they are because I think if the playoffs, you know, ended today, they would play with Tampa. So I don't yes. know how many and games. Tampa doesn't run the football. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many. Great right, so so listen, styles make fights, right? And, you know, their first-round matchup would be, you know, right where they would want to be. I don't know if they really want to move out of that and have to face somebody else. Um, when, you, when you look at it, also when you look at Dallas – I think last week they, they did something that I suggested, and I think it would work out if they move Michael Parsons back to middle linebacker to stop that. And we, we, we've sat here for years, and we were both in the league at the same time when you look at the worst defense in stopping a run was the uh, Indianapolis Colts. And then at some point you get pissed off because your manhood is challenged. I think Dan Quinn's going to have to start maybe run blitzing early on downs and trying to put more guys, more pressure on those guys on the outside. Now, Ross St. Brown is a great player, but he's more of a horizontal runner. So you can sit up and get away with adding guys to the box and making sure that you, you know, have a top on the defense. So I expect them to do a lot more run blitzes and more fits and start making the ball bounce to a predictable place and funnel the ball to their best player, Michael Parsons. You know, and they'll make the adjustment. But coaching matters, and we're going to see what type of adjustments they can make because clearly it's a problem. So they have to, you know, mm-hmm. patch up that game. And we watched it when the um, Colts won the Super Bowl. They were the worst rush defense in football, but during the playoffs, they, they were able to, to do that for a couple of weeks. I think it's, it's imperative for Dallas to make Detroit one-dimensional. Right. Because if they're balanced – They can't rush the passer. No, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. if, if – if they're one-dimensional, now you can tee off and you can go get Jerry Goff, and you can force him into the mistakes that we've seen him made at times this season. But if they're balanced offensively, right. well, it's going to be a long day for Dallas defensively. And that you, to do that, you have to present. like a, To me, you have to make them want to um, you know, throw the ball. you got to put such a heavy box that's saying, okay, listen, we, I'd rather put it on Gilmore and Bland on the outside than put it on my 205-pound you know, inside linebacker. So you do that. I'm going to say this. All that sounds great. It's going to be easier <laughs> said than done. But let me tell you something. That young man, uh, Jameer Gibbs, he is hitting his stride at the right time. Like, literally. Fresh he legs. is a, Fresh a home run threat on any given play. And when you got contrasting styles in the backfield, it's, you, it's hard to contend with, especially with that group up front that the Detroit Lions have. Fascinating matchup. Two teams that are going to be in the playoffs and two teams that we have questions about, right? The Lions haven't been in the playoffs yeah. in forever. Everybody's and the Cowboys flawed. haven't had success uh, in the playoffs in a long time. So, Fascinating matchup on Saturday night. Uh, we're going to pick that game a little bit later on. But right now, i got to get to the performance of the night from the NBA. Kevin Durant and the Suns lost nine of their last 12 coming into last night's game. They're taking on the Rockets. Pick up the action in the second quarter. Suns have the ball up eight. This is Durant for an open Eric Gordon who sinks the three. Suns go up 11. Later in the quarter, they're up by 13. Durant runs the pick and roll at the top of the key and finds Gordon on the wing for another three. Suns up 16. Then the next Suns possession, Durant drives to the basket, kicks it to Gordon. Are we sensing a theme here? Suns lead by 18 at the half. Under three minutes left in the game, Suns are up by 13. Durant posts up, draws a double team, and hits the turnaround jumper. He says, I don't need Eric Gordon. I can score it myself. The Suns take a big lead there. Enter the ensuing Suns possession. Devin Booker to Durant on the wing. He hits the three. Durant's first triple-double as a Sun, and the Suns win 129-113. to 
it's amazing to get back on the winning side. It sucks losing uh, and having a tough stretch in the NBA. It's one of the worst feelings to have. Uh, and regardless of how many games we play in the season, what our expectations are at the end of the season, just getting a win, uh, sometimes you can take that for granted. So I'm excited about the W tonight. Kevin Durant last night became the 10th player in NBA history to record a triple-double for four different teams. It was his first triple-double since November of last season. We take him for granted. When we come back, the Bronco breakup. Russell Wilson, you'll hear what he had to say about being sent to the bench. And is he done with Denver? We're going to talk about that next. 